You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. If Adrian's ready to go, that's awesome. Hoping for the best for him, but myself and the rest of the quarterbacks will be ready when we need to be, um, if we need to be. Uh, he literally could step in there and run the offense like he's been running it forever, and he has, you know, because he ran it at UCF also. Um, so he's more than capable. He could do a lot of a lot of the stuff Adrian could do, and um, he's also a smart guy and makes a real good decision. So I don't, I know we in good hands, no matter who's um, um, back there. If Adrian's healthy, he'll go. If he isn't. And we feel great about where else we are. It's good timing for a bunch of guys. I think we're, you know, it's been a long stretch here. We got a one-week season to play the best we can this week, and we're going to be able to rest and get a lot of guys healthy. And welcome back here to the Husker Lions Show. This segment of the Husker Lions Show brought to you by Tanner Sports Bar and Grill with locations at Omaha and Lincoln. If you're not traveling out to Minneapolis, going into Tanner's this weekend, they'll have the Husker game on all of the TVs. Great place to get wings, burgers, beer, everything, all the action, all weekend. In fact, I stopped in Tanner's on my way home Saturday after the game this past week and got a burger to go before I got back to work with uh, some more stuff late night. But, guys, you heard um, Noah Vedrill there and, and Scott Frost and Muhammad Berry just all talking about Noah Vedrill a little bit there and, and what he brings to the table. And you, you look at him – you know, he's technically been with Scott Frost for four years. Um, he was recruited by him for his entire senior year of high school, which was Frost's first year at UCF. He played in them his first year at Central Florida, second year at Central Florida, then both years here at Nebraska. And before that, uh, Frost started evaluating and recruiting Noah Vedrill at Oregon when Noah went to his camp in 2015. Um, so this is a relationship that goes well back to Oregon and they have a lot of confidence in Noah. Um, like he knows the system. He's been in this system longer than anybody on campus. Um, and he's a dynamic athlete. They've believed in this guy since day one. So if they do have to go with Noah Vedrill, there's no doubt I think they will give him more this week. I felt like last week they were ultra conservative. I don't think you can go up to Minnesota and, and play that type of game on Saturday. Well, this will also be the first time that Noah's had a full week working as the number one quarterback. I mean, every one of his opportunities have been kind of a spur of the moment, oh, Adrian's down, let's throw him in there type situation. So uh, we really haven't gotten to see what Noah Vedra looks like as a full starter through a full week of preparation and game planning. So uh, I'm curious to see. I mean, obviously there's a lot of variables with the weather and whatnot that um, could impact just how much they put on his plate, but I don't think this is going to be a deal where Nebraska runs the ball three times and punts just because they don't want to create any mistakes. I think they trust Noah to run their offense. And you you kind of highlighted just how versed he is in what they do, um, far more so than anybody on the roster, like you said. But also, um, he's got a mind for the game that I think really lends itself well to what the quarterback needs to do in this offense. He's Again, decisiveness and anticipation are two of the biggest traits you can have uh, as a Scott Frost quarterback. And, you know, one of the, the knocks we've had on Adrian this year is that it seems like he's he's thinking too much and he's not just picking a decision and going with it. Well, that's what Noah prides himself on. He said that those are two, probably two of his biggest strengths on the field is, I know where I'm going to go with the football and I'm going to get there at 100%. And that can get you places in this scheme. So um, he's a, definitely a great athlete. You know, he was a star point guard who just knows how to facilitate offenses on the field, on the court, whatever it may be. And I think he's got a lot of respect in this locker room and the trust of the coaching staff, and that can take you a long way. Yeah, I mean, big track guy too. And so, uh, I mean, he's, he can run, he can do some things, and, and just a great competitor overall. It comes Obviously, he has, has great genes uh, that he comes from. But yeah, I think what if, if it is Vedral, what we see out of him in Minnesota, 
Minnesota is going to be night and day different than what we saw out of him, uh, you know, against Northwestern because he was coming off the bench on, on a win. And Northwestern had a better defense. Yeah, well, and that too. I mean, that that's going to make a huge difference. So, um, yeah, I think that the the difference in what we see in Vedral is, is going to be pretty pretty drastic and. Um, and I don't think that they're going to have you know a limited playbook or anything like that. I mean, I think they'll be able to go out and run the, their full game plan with him. I'm going to play an interesting scenario for you guys. What happens if No Vedral starts? He plays lights out. They win at Minnesota as an eight and a half point dog. It's up to eight and a half net points now, by the way, guys. Um, you know, and, and I mean, you got to buy a week after that. I mean, can you imagine how much momentum he's going to have behind him if he goes out there and plays well and gets the win? It will be an interesting situation. Uh, I still have no doubt to, to believe that the Frost will go back to Martinez, obviously, um, but it, it will create some pretty good sports talk radio for two weeks if it played out like that. Well, the backup quarterback is always the most popular guy on the team, and especially if he's able to take advantage of his opportunity <clears throat> and play well, get a win in a very important game. Um, yeah, that's going to get people talking. Our message boards will be on fire, I'm sure, because uh, they already were, because people were um, getting pretty critical of, of Adrian's struggles this year. Uh, but, you know, Adrian's their guy. He's been their guy since day one, since the day Frost took this job and nearly killed himself flying coast to coast on recruiting trips to, from Fresno to They turned Orlando. down Joe Burrow, essentially, yeah. and so, to, I mean, to, to go with Adrian. They've hitched their wagon as a program to Adrian Martinez. And just because, you know, he's sputtered a little bit and, and is a little dinged up, they're not going to just throw him to the side and, and let, uh, you know, the backup take over, despite some fans probably clamoring for it. And so it's going to take a lot more than just one good game from Noah uh, to, to make any sort of long-term change because Adrian's the face of the program. They, they love him. They love every bit about him on the field, off the field, and he's going to be their guy until they absolutely have to make a move. Yeah. Frost has gone out of his way to, to support Adrian publicly. And, uh, and, and say you know that he's he's the guy and, and how much he believes and trusts in him and and uh, you know and, and I'm I'm sure that some of that you know it's I think it was a lot of it is unnecessary but I think some of it too is to kind of reassure Adrian too that hey look we're all behind you you know what whatever the issues are um, you know that that uh, they don't they don't second guess what what he's capable of doing so I, I do think it would take an awful lot for Noah to kind of unseat that or, or for those things to all of a sudden kind of dissolve and for Frost to change his thinking there. Let's talk about something I didn't think we'd ever talk about on this show, but snaps. I mean, it's, it's, it's really not something that should ever be talked about. I mean, it's a very elementary part of a football game, quarterback exchange, whether it's shotgun or under center. And a lot of times quarter centers will tell you it's easier to do a shotgun snap than under center snaps um, just because of, you know, you're just lightly tossing the ball back to the quarterback. Well, that's been a problem for Nebraska. Cameron Jurgens has had issues with it. I know that he has done some additional work, maybe even with some outside help um, this week. And talking to Greg Austin, guys, about the snap issues, he said it's not a fundamental issue, which I think might be a surprise to some folks. It's more a fatigue issue. And I think for Jurgens, he hasn't played football in a long time, a full season for that matter. And he hasn't played offensive line in his life. So um, I think there are moments where, you know, he does get fatigued. And that's where the sloppiness has come in on these snaps. And one is too many. I mean, they, they, they were very lucky that Noah Vedral got the perfect bounce last week because that might have lost them the game oh, in yeah. a game like that Saturday. 
It's interesting that uh, Greg Austin said it's not about fundamentals or techniques because during the game, the Northwestern game on Saturday, um, I came across a tweet by Chris Bober, who, if you're not familiar, he's a former eight-year NFL Omaha veteran. Omaha South grad. Yeah, played UNL with the Kansas player. City Chiefs. So, I mean, the guy knows a thing or two about playing the center position, and he tweeted in response to kind of Cam Jurgen's struggles that, as a former center, I can tell you he's using bad technique. He needs to have his forearm hit his thigh for a consistent stopping point. So clearly there's something going wrong with his fundamentals. I mean, to say that there's nothing wrong with Cam's technique, I don't I mean, know the how fatigue, the is. fatigue is probably causing Maybe the bad fundamentals. Leading the bad, yeah. That's how I, I would kind of read between the lines that the fatigue is causing bad technique. Well, why is Cam so out of shape? I get it that he missed a lot of time during camp, but we're talking about we're in week six, seven now. Well, how much running and sprinting could he do in the summer? Well, he didn't even go through fall camp. I mean, I guess. I mean, he had he had a broken foot. It seems like tossing the ball between your legs doesn't take that much physical effort, but that's just me. Yeah, I don't know. I I think it is. I think it is. You know, something that when you are playing a new brand new position, you you were limited in fall camp, and you you have to make calls and and then block a three hundred and thirty pound guy when you're two eighty. You know, I'm sure that there's so a lot of different factors. So if he's not ready, if he's not ready physically or mentally, why is he playing? Because I think the gap still. I think they still believe he's a better option than Farniak. Yeah. He's. I mean, Nate can attest to this. Athletically and upside wise, is it even close in your opinion? No, I, I mean, athletically, yeah. It's, I mean, he's he's bigger and more athletic, and so um, a lot faster. Yeah, I. You know, I, I don't know. I, I just when you look at just the the measurables and and the overall athleticism, yeah, Cam Jurgens is kind of off the charts compared to Farniak. Not to say that Farniak's a bad player, but it's just you know the, those types of intangible things are are not really all that close. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about defensive storylines to watch and going against this very talented Gopher wide receiver uh, unit. Uh, they've got two guys that have really stood out. We'll give our thoughts on that next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. <laughs> 